Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We are now in our God is Able Sermon Series. In this life, it is so easy for us to settle for the ordinary. We wake up and typically have the same routine every single day. Yet our God created us to live an extraordinary life. There is no one in the world exactly like you, and God wants you to reach your full potential. This involves us growing deeper and deeper into Christ while following Him every day. His plans for us are immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. So let's trust Jesus and live out our extraordinary lives. Let's listen in. Uh, well, good morning. Good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. I'm so glad we could come together and worship our great God. And I'm excited about today and all that God's going to teach us. Also, welcome to all of our campuses. We're live streaming today. So Nolensville and Nashville and Columbia and Haywood Hills and online. We love you guys. It's so grateful, so thankful for all God's doing in his church together. And I'm blessed that we are, you know, one church with multiple locations. So as you meet people, as you talk to people, man, there's a place for everybody in this city to come and worship our great God together. Also, I'm excited about today because today we are at the beginning of a whole new school year, a new ministry year. It's kind of the beginning of the next 20 years for us as a church. There's so many great things happening right here at the beginning of all this. And I remember being a kid and I was always excited about the first day of school. You know, it's like all this new things that were going to happen. You got a little nervousness in there. You know, what's going to happen? You know, recess and I'm going to make friends and all these things. But, but now being a parent, right, and watching my kids go through these different stages. So about two and a half months ago, uh, my wife gave me a trophy. And uh, it was at the end of school, you know, two and a half months ago in May. Summer gets shorter and shorter, it seems like. But she gave me this trophy, and it has a goat on it, right? The greatest of all time. Always the debate between Jordan and LeBron, right? Or Ronaldo or Messi. And, but she said, no, you're the greatest of all time for this. Great job. You survived eight years of middle school. That's what she put down. So we have three kids. Our last one graduated from middle school. So now we have high school and college. So we're in a whole different season of life. But she said, great job to you. And I'm so thankful. And I'm so thankful because I've loved every stage of my kids. Like I have loved when they were in preschool and elementary and middle school. And now I see in high school and college. But what I love too is that they've all grown up here. They've grown up in this church and to watch them walking with the Lord and watch them serving and to see who they've become. I'm just so proud of them, man. I love being a dad. I love it. And I'm so thankful that so many of you have helped raise them. And that's what church is and that's what community is. And I'm excited for this new year. And so as we embark on this journey together, right? You know, as a church, we just celebrated 20 years. We were at the Ryman and it was awesome in January. And now we're looking at these next 20 years. But whether it's a new school year, a new ministry year, a new season of your life, there have been two verses that have held us together as a church. And these two verses are with us as we go forward. And I pray with you and with your family. So I'm gonna put them up here right now. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 and 21. And I wanna invite us, let's just say these together, right? This verse, okay, you ready? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Wow, that is awesome. And I'm going to challenge you. I want you to memorize these two verses, right? Over these next several weeks, just challenge you to memorize that, challenge you to memorize it as a family or with your kids or with your friends. 
but hold on to these verses for your life. And I wanna tell you, God is doing something great in your life, right? God's not finished with any of us. God is just getting started with us and so that we would focus on him. And so today, as we start this series, we're gonna look at these first three words, now to him. And I wanna challenge us in this new school year, in this new ministry year, start with God. Just start with God. You know, you're thinking about all the things that have to get done, all the registrations, everything else that's gonna happen. But let's make a priority right now. We're gonna start this year with God and say, God, I wanna put you first in my life and watch what God will do. And it's immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. Hey, if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings. So we're going back old school, Old Testament, 2 Kings. So if you don't have a Bible, we've got some Bibles in the back at all of our campuses. You can go to the back and grab a Bible, put your name in it. It's yours. Just keep it. It's a gift from us. Uh, also, if you have the, the Rolling Hills app on your phone, you can grab that. We'll have the scripture for you there. Uh, the, go to the church center and get the brand new app. It's fantastic. But I want you to go back to 2 Kings. So right in the back, you know, the first and second sections, first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, that whole section right there. But I want you to see the story today as we start with God. And you come here, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. It says, now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. And after conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. So Israel, the people of God, you got Aram who's at war with them. And it says, the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. And time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such a place. All right, so you've got this man of God, Elisha, who was the prophet back then. He's telling the king of Israel, hey, the king of Aram, he's setting up an ambush right over here. So you be really careful and... and this enraged, verse 11, the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and he demanded of them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. He's like, who's the spy, right? Who's tipping them off? Who's letting them know where we're gonna be? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. I love that. You know, by God's grace, when you're in Christ, right? You know, that God places his Holy Spirit in you. And we see even in the Old Testament, the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's the prophet, the intuition, right? Just knowing, hey, this is where they're gonna be. God was moving in his heart to let the king know. And that's the same power in us. Well, go find out where he is, the king ordered. Go find out where this man of God is. Let's take him out and then this will end this. So I can send men and capture him. And the report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. And they went by night and they surrounded the city. So Elisha and a servant, they go to bed. And in the middle of the night, here comes the whole army. Well, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. And so they go to bed, everything's great. The servant wakes up early, gets his coffee, heads out to the porch to do, you know, his quiet time in the morning to spend time with God. And he walks out the door and he's like, what? The king of Aram has sent his entire army. I mean, we're talking chariots, we're talking horses. We got, you know, people with bows and arrows, 
pointed out you and the servant freaks out. What shall we do? And I love this verse 16. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And I'm sure Elisha's servant is like, I'm not a math major, but look, okay. <laughs> One, two, army, you know, like surrounding the city. What are you talking about? Those who are with us are more than with them. I mean, look at this. No way. Verse 17. I don't know if you underline your Bible. Man, this is great to underline right here. And Elisha prayed. The servant never prayed, right? But Elisha prayed. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You guys know there's a spiritual battle going on, right? And so often we just focus on the physical. We just focus on the problems. We just focus on the things that we can see. And Elisha prayed, God, open his eyes and look at the spiritual. Look at what's happening. And all of a sudden he saw, whoa, those who are with us are greater than those who are with them. Look at this. Well, as the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Elisha told him, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to Samaria. Now Samaria is the capital of Israel. So you can imagine they're coming down. Some commentators are like, the sun was really bright in their eyes. You know, like, come on, man, it's a miracle, right? You know, God just blinded their eyes. And Elisha walks out, hey, let me show you where you want to go. And he leads them down the path to where they really didn't want to go, into Samaria, into the capital. And after they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so that they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and they were inside Samaria. So here's this band of raiders that are coming in and now the gates shut and they are surrounded by Israel's army. And Israel's army has the bows drawn, right? They got the swords out and they're like, whoa, how do we get here? What has happened? Well, when the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Do not kill them, he answered. Would you kill those you've captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. Look at this. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. Wow. God wins the battle. God triumphs and God teaches the servant and God uses Elisha in the process. That's what God wants to do through us. Hey, before we jump into some lessons for us today, I just want us to pray. I want us to pray. Let's, let's bow our heads right now, right? Across all of our campuses. Father God, I pray today. I pray that you would open the eyes of our heart. God, so often, you know, we carry these burdens, we carry these problems, we carry these fears. And maybe we're walking in today and we have a lot of fears. We have a lot of worries. Maybe our kids are going to a new school. Maybe we're in a new season of life. Maybe we've got a job transition or maybe we've moved to a new place. But God, whatever it is, I pray you would open our eyes today to see you. Let us start this year. Let us start our lives with you, Father. So come, open our eyes. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. Or if you wanna go online, go to the church app, the Church Center Rolling Hills app. 
And here's some things I think for us today. Number one, remember God. <laughs> remember God. This is a big one, right? Look, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. What was his response? Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? <laughs> what shall we do? Look, so often we forget about God. You can imagine that servant just drops his coffee. He's like, oh my, what has happened? You know, there's times in our life when it seems like everything changes. Maybe we went to bed at one point in our life and the next day we were like, man, I didn't see that coming. You know, I didn't see that diagnosis coming. I didn't see that challenge coming. I didn't see that thing at job, that transition. And so often, man, we panic in that moment. And in that moment, we're just like welled up with fear and with worry, with anxiety. It just hits us like a ton of bricks, just like that. Why? Because so often we forget. We forget our immediate response is in the physical. Our immediate response is, no, 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 no. How am I gonna get through this? How are we gonna get through this? What's gonna happen right here, right now? Here's the thing, right? When we focus on our problems, they get bigger. When we focus on God, he gets bigger. When we focus on our problems, they get bigger. And so often that's what we do, right? We hear about something and all we can think about is that. We can't sleep at night. We're laying in bed, we're trying to solve it. We're running every scenario in our mind. We can't sleep. It's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger in our lives. You know, this thing has been a, a game changer, right? And so often, man, we are focused here. We hear about something or immediately like a, a WebMD, right? Oh my goodness, I mean, you know, it's like, it just takes us to a different place. You know, we look here and we're just going, oh, wow, look at what's happening in the world. And in my, my whole life, it seems to be falling apart. Or we go here and we have the comparison trap. We go, man, I thought I was doing pretty good. And wow, how did they get a new car? What, when, where are they going? How'd they go to that place? And, and they got that house. And, and what about me? What about me? And, and then we're walking around and we're so caught up in this that we run into things like poles and everything else. You, know? <laughs> you see people in malls just walking and they're like running and you're going, what happened? Well, it's like we're focused down all the time. We're focused here. I'm thankful I didn't have this when I was in school, by the way, you know, and I do pray for our kids because it's a whole different world. It's a whole different challenge, but, but they face those struggles too. But seeing that and we say, man, am I focused on my problems or am I focused on God? Where's my attention? Look, while the servant focused on the problem and panicked, <laughs> Elisha focused on God and remembered his faithfulness. He remembered his faithfulness. For Elisha, he's like, you know what? God was tipping me off the whole time. This hadn't caught God by surprise. God knew what was gonna happen, right? You go back and read before here in 2 Kings, God had done miracle after miracle after miracle. And by this time, Elisha being older, right? It was called a man of God because his response was, okay, listen, I didn't see this coming. I didn't expect that, but that's all right. I know my God and my God is faithful. Think about this in your own life, right? You remember when you were dead in your sins and your transgressions? You remember before you met Christ and you had no hope, you had no help? God came to you. God came to you. God brought healing and brought hope. Is there anything that God's gonna withhold? Is God just gonna give up on us? No. Remember when you were in school and you thought, man, there's no way I'm gonna pass this class. I'm never gonna graduate. And somehow you did, right? You don't know, but you know, God came through. You prayed, God, I'll eat my vegetables. I'll do whatever, right? You know? And I don't know if you have, but you know, you know, we keep come back to that and we're like, God just keeps coming through. God keeps coming through. And what if we got on the front end of it? And so when things come up, we go, you know what? 
I could panic or I could pray. <laughs> and I could go, God, you've got this. I don't know how it's gonna all work out, but God, I'm gonna trust you. Remember God. Start with him. Look at this. God is sovereign. God is sovereign, right? This big word that packs a lot of meaning and a lot of power and a lot of truth for all of us. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Maybe that's all you need to hear today, right? New school year, new season of life, new job, new transition, new move, whatever. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Look, the sovereignty of God means God is in control. That's all it means. Big word, but it literally means God's in control. God's got this. God didn't like go on vacation. God didn't take a day off, right? God didn't say, you know what? You figure that part out. You know, I've got the rest of your life, but this little incident, this thing going on, you've got to figure that out. No, 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 no. God is in control. God is the greatest of all time. He is, and we can trust in him. I loved our masterclass series we were just in. It was so awesome as we walked through the book of Romans. And if you missed, hey, I encourage you to go back and listen and watch because we were just digging into this incredible book. But in Romans chapter one, you know, the book starts off here, Romans chapter one, and it says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. People are without excuse. When you and I look out in creation and then all of a sudden it puts things in perspective. Like, whoa, he's God. I don't know if you had a chance to, to go out in nature this summer to travel or be anywhere, but sometimes you stand by the ocean and you're just like, whoa, <laughs> right? Or sometimes you go out and you look at the stars. You're like, man, we serve a big God. And I can spend all my time down here looking down and looking at my problems in my life. But what if we just look up? I've been fascinated by all the images that are coming back from the new Webb telescope. Have y'all seen this? You know, there was the Hubble telescope, which I thought was really cool, first of all. And then they come out with the Webb telescope, which goes back and looks. And some of these images are incredible. I mean, these images are 13 billion light years. Light years. You know, we look at our little world and we're here on the earth and, and we think, man, everything's so big in my life and intimidating. And then you go, okay, the earth is just a part of the Milky Way, right? And a part of this galaxy. And do you know there's over 200 billion galaxies? 200 billion galaxies. And all of a sudden we start to get a little, little sense of, wait a minute, he's a really big God. <laughs> he is a big God and he can handle whatever I face. And I love seeing these images and I can't wait one day when we're in heaven and we're gonna have a chance to explore the universe and go to all these different places and see all the things that God has created. And we think, God, if you created this world, what could you do? But for us just to come down in our lives and look up, <laughs> come down from the worry and the fear and the anxiety and just go, okay, God, God, thank you. And there's times in our lives, just go out in nature, take a walk, <laughs> take your kids outside, go outside. Go and look and just go, God, you are greater. God, you're greater. Look at this. God is omnipotent. That means I'm powerful. He is all powerful. <laughs> those who are with us are greater than those who are with them. Yeah, God doesn't need us. God doesn't need anybody. He has all the power in the world. Look at this. God is omniscient. He's all knowing. 
Holy Spirit that's speaking to us, the Holy Spirit that's prompting us to do something, say something, that's God working in our lives, God knows. Look at this, he is also omnipresent, meaning he's always present. There is no place that you can go that God is not there. There's no place in your life, in your journey, in your future, that God's not already there. And for us to know this, he is God and I'm not. Because so often we think, man, I gotta be the one to fix this. I gotta be the one to make this happen. I gotta be the one. And our perspective is wrong. It's on us. It's on us. I was reading the other day about a guy who was an art critic. His name is Robert Cunningham, a really famous art critic. And he was in London National Gallery and he was doing this piece on this incredible painting uh, by this Italian painter, Renaissance painter, Lippi. And Lippi is this fascinating painter, 15th century, and he had painted this beautiful painting of Mary with Jesus at her knee. And then he has two saints, right? Saint Dominic and Saint Jerome kneeling. And everybody like looks at this painting and they're blown away by the color and the contrast. But our critics throughout the centuries have always criticized Lippi for his perspective. And they said in this particular painting, his perspective is off. It's like the hills are, are too big in the background and it, it, they kind of come to the forefront and it's like the, the saints aren't really looking directly at Jesus and, and Mary seems a little awkward there. And so here's Robert Cunningham, the art critic, and he's, he's kind of criticizing this 15th century painter, right? And he's looking, he's going through and then right there in that moment, something hits him. He said, wait a minute. <laughs> When Levy was commissioned to paint this painting, it wasn't to hang in the London National Gallery up very high for people to see. When he was commissioned, it was to hang in a place of prayer. And right there in that moment, he gets down on his knee and everything in the painting changes. Everything changes. All of a sudden, it's in the right perspective. All of a sudden, it's like the hills fade to the background. All of a sudden, it's like the saints are, are right there worshiping Jesus and he's joining in. Right there, it seems like Mary is looking not only at Jesus, but at him. And he realized something that day that the art critic missed. The perspective was wrong, but it wasn't the painting that was wrong. It was his heart. <laughs> and when he began to worship and he began to see and put Jesus at the center, everything changed in him. I think that's what happens for us. You know, we look at our problems and they're so big and it just seems like, man, we've got our perspective wrong. But when we begin to worship, and that's why being at church is so important, man, we're bombarded, you know, six days a week. It just comes at us all the time and it's right there. But when we stop and say, no, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna worship. I'm gonna recognize he's God and I'm not. And I'm gonna bow before him changes everything in our hearts, our lives, our families, our future, because we start with God. We start with him. Listen to this. God is for you. God is for you. Never forget that. Sometimes we think, well, God's mad at me. You know, God's frustrated with me because I messed up or, or whatever. And we carry this around. I was even talking to a guy this week and he's like, you know what, I messed up and I, I just know God can't forgive me. I'm like, no, God can forgive you. The question is, can you forgive yourself? <laughs> can you allow God's forgiveness to come over you and to know that God is for you, know that God's redeeming, God's gonna make new in your heart, in your life, God is for you. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. 
Then the Lord opened his servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, God is with Elisha and God is with you. God is with you. You know what I love about this story? I, I love as Elisha leads the raiding band into Samaria and the king of Israel, like the king of Israel is like, should we kill him? Right, I mean, he immediately goes to the human thinking, right? And Elisha's like, no, man, you remember the Ten Commandments, right? We should not murder. No, we're not going to do that, right? He says, in fact, why don't you give them some food? Why don't you bless them? He's like, but they're our enemies. Elisha's like, no, our God is greater. And they bless them. They feed them this feast. And it says that they went back to their master. And from that time on, they stopped raiding Israel's territory. The war stopped because they blessed them. What if they would have killed that band? You know what? That king would have been so mad. He's coming out. More people are going to die. More people are going to die. He blessed in the middle of that. Elisha knew God's going to win the battle. See, in our lives, sometimes we go, oh, I got to get revenge or man, I got to take vengeance or you know what? They did this to me. I'm going to get them back. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me trust that God's in control. Let me trust that God's doing something in my life and in their life. How can I bless others? How can I encourage others? How can I love others? Because God's with me. Look, God is transcendent. This means God transcends this world. He is greater. You look at those images, you're like, okay, God's got all of this, right? He is God. But also, God is imminent. It means God is intimately involved in this world. When Jesus came, God incarnate, right? He came and he walked among the lepers, the poor, the broken, the forgotten, the sinners, me, you, involved in our lives, intimately knows us and loves us to be fully known and fully loved. <laughs> That's what God's doing right here. That's what God wants to do in our hearts. Guys, listen, our God is a personal, personal God. And so often we think, oh, God did these miracles back in the Bible, you know, God's still doing miracles today. God's still doing miracles today. God is still at work in our world, in our lives today. And God's inviting us to join him. I remember 20 years ago, you know, when God called us to plant rolling hills and and Lisa, my wife, she's an amazing woman of God. I love her. I love my wife. I'm so grateful for her. But I remember, you know, I had a good job as a student pastor at middle school, high school, college students. And it was incredible. God was doing great things. I love these students and, and seeing so many of them lead today and watching them serve. Uh, and so, but I knew God was calling us to step out. And, and so we're praying about it and thinking about it. And I'm like, God, are you sure? And God was like, yes. You know that still small voice that speaks to you and you go, okay, that, that's the Lord right there. And, and so it came to this point of, okay, I've got to walk away from my secure job with this really cool thing called benefits, right? Like insurance. <laughs> that's a really cool thing, by the way, retirement and all that. You know, it's like, okay, we're stepping out in faith, right? And, and, and church planning. And then I went to this church planning conference and I remember the guy said this. He said, 80% of new churches fail within the first year. Like, great, thanks, man. <laughs> That's all I need to hear. Thank you, you're so encouraging. You know, great, I'm gonna write that down. Uh, you know, I mean, but, but all of a sudden, it just seems like Satan was just warring at me. You know, all these doubts, all this discouragement, all this fear, all these things. And, and Lisa, my wife, was like, no, if God's calling us to do it, we're gonna do it, we're gonna go. And I'm like, okay, but, but are you sure, Lord? And so finally, there came that moment where you have to step out, right? And there's decisions that are gonna happen in your life. 
God's going to call you to step out. And, and other people may not understand. You just go, okay, I'm going to trust you, Lord. God's got a plan. God's doing something here. And I remember us taking that step. And, and so Lisa and I moved. We moved to Cool Springs. We found an apartment that had a big clubhouse. And, and the first night we had a Bible study on Thursday nights. And, and we had 15 people there. And it was so exciting and it was great. But then afterwards, I went, God, are you sure? I mean, like, did I miss it? I mean, this, are you sure? And we went away and we got into nature. And Lisa and I went, we, we went, you know, kind of went to this place out in nature for two nights. And, and I remember walking up and down by this stream. And I'm praying and like, God, I want to be in the center of your will. God, I want to do what you call me to do. But, but God, I, I, I don't know. I'm just seeing all the problems. I'm like, all, they fail. Are, are you sure? Am I in the right place? And this verse kept coming to me. Philippians chapter four. Maybe you need to hear this today. Do not be anxious about anything. Are you anxious about something today? Maybe the start of a new school year, maybe for your kids, maybe for you, maybe a new job, maybe a new move. Don't, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, right, whatever, whatever the situation, by prayer, have you prayed about it? By prayer and petition, keep praying, with thanksgiving, right? Think about God's faithfulness. Think about what God's done in your past. Think about where God's brought you from. With thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. People are like, how can you have this kind of peace? How can you have this kind of joy? You're like, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. Transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I gotta tell you, when we were walking by that stream and I came back and I was like, okay, Lord, let's go. Let's go. Father, I got, I don't have no clue what you're gonna do, but God, let's go. And I remember Lisa saying this, she goes, you know what? I don't wanna look back 20 years from now and say, what could God have done? I wanna look back and say, look what God did. I wanna follow him. I wanna trust him. And here's what it comes down to, right? In our lives, it's not about success, but about obedience. But about obedience. See, so often we think, well, man, it's got to work just like I want it to. It's got to go perfectly just like I aligned. And God's going, no, all you have to do is stay in the center of my will. All you have to do is follow me. I'm working out every detail of your life. Are you more like Elisha's servant or like Elisha? Are we still on this point where we're like, oh no, what's going to happen? Or are we going, okay, I don't understand it, but God, I trust you. See, maybe in your life, there's a point that God's been calling you to accept him. Maybe there's a point in your life that God's been calling you. He's drawing you to himself. He knows, and it's a matter of obedience. Am I gonna step out? Am I gonna give my life to Christ? Am I gonna follow him? And you keep coming up with all excuses, why not? Maybe God's calling you just to sell out, go fully in for him. And you know, you've got all these other things over here and you're like, but God, you know what? What is that gonna mean? And God's going, just trust me. Just trust me. Maybe God's calling you to get involved, right? To serve or to get in a community group or a men's group or a women's group or, you know, just getting your kids involved. And, and you think of every reason why not. <laughs> Instead of saying, I'm gonna start with God. I'm gonna prioritize God. I'm gonna put him first right here in my life and I'm gonna live my life for him. A.W. Tozer says this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. <laughs> If you think that God is with you and for you, boy, you've got confidence. 
If you think in your mind, you know what, it's about me. I've got to work. I've got to earn it. I've got to make up for all these things in my life. You know, then you're always going to feel guilty and you feel that shame and you feel like you're behind. But when you receive the grace of God, when you see the goodness of God and you just go, God, I'm yours. <laughs> I'm yours. I believe you're with me. I believe you're for me. I believe you love me. And God, I want to live my life for you. That's what God's calling us to. Here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to just ask you to open your hands right now. If you just open your hands wherever you are, if you're online, just wherever you are, just open your hands. You can put them on your knees. You can just hold them out right here. And I want to lead us just in a prayer time of dedication, dedicating this new school year, new ministry year, new season of life for all of us. And so let me pray for us right now. God, I pray right now. God, I pray for every one of us that you would open the eyes of our heart and let us see you. Father, right now with our hands open, God, we give you our problems. We give you our struggles. God, we specifically lay those before you. We carry them around in our hearts and our minds. And and right now, God, we just hand it over to you. Right now, I want to invite you just to turn your hands over now. Just turn them over. And God, right now, I pray that you would empty us. Empty us of the fear, of the worry of this world. (laughs) Empty us, God, of the, the things that cause anxiety inside of our souls and our spirits. God, we just pray right now in this moment, spiritually, that you would search our minds, search our heart. And now, turn your hands back over. And God, right now, we want to receive. We want to receive from you, God, your grace. We want to receive from you right now, your peace. We want to receive from you, your joy. God, your confidence. Come into our minds. Come into our hearts. Let us be men and women of God. Not that we're perfect, but God, that we're faithful. That we're faithful. That for the rest of our lives, God, we dedicate it to you. We dedicate this school year our children, our jobs, our careers, our future. God, we dedicate this time to you. So Father, here we are, your disciples, and we've come today, Father. Change our perspective, change our focus. Let us realize you are God and we're not, and let us worship you. You are sovereign over all. And today we start this new year, we start this new beginning with you. In the beautiful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Be sure to share this episode with any friends and family in your life who may benefit from it. And make sure you subscribe to be notified so you never miss a sermon. If you are interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.